Welcome to the Gatecast. Presented by Alan and Mike. Lucy, I'm home. I am not Lucy. Oh, you're right. We'll just upload a computer virus into the mothership. I was going to do my living room like this. Also, my recommendation is that anyone attempting to leave the mountain should be shot on site. Hello, good afternoon, evening, or whatever time of the day or night or equivalent that it happens to be where you are. And welcome to Gatecast episode 181, covering Stargate Season 8, episode 15. Amazingly enough, I got those numbers correct without consulting with my more inclined to bother looking stuff up on the web co-host, on the subject of which... Hello, everybody. Yes, praise be to Alan. Indeed brilliant. <laughs> Milking for all the praise. <laughs> this week, we are doing an SD1 episode, Citizen Joe, and we have a guest. Hello, guest. Hello. It's me again. Again. <laughs> Hello, me. You know, of course, you realise we're just going to refer to you as me the rest of the podcast. That's okay. I'm the only person in the world who matters. See, I'm American. <laughs> That's the spirit, Jeff. <laughs> are you a Republican? Well, God, no. I'm sorry, I thought with that attitude you might have been. No, there are some things all Americans agree upon, Republican or Democrat or other. Exactly. That McDonald's <laughs> constitutes a healthy breakfast? It did. My sausage McMuffin with egg and my bacon egg and cheese McGriddle sandwiches were awfully tasty. Tasty does not generally mean health. And can I give a shout out to certain four-letter entitled German grocery shops, which, thanks to their super thick selection, got me a 500-gram bag of new potatoes for 39 cents, which gives me enough potatoes to do three and a half meals. Yay. Lack of money for the win. <laughs> Citizen Joe, or as I refer to it in the file that I sent to Jeff, disk one underscore seven underscore zero 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 two. I think Citizen Joe was the better title. It flows off the tongue better, I believe, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, once again, for some unexplainable reason, the Region 2 DVD has Citizen Joe episode 18 of this season. I know. I had to put in three discs before I found it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Actually, I'm a bit behind on listening to the Gitcast. Not as far behind as I am. Yeah, he hadn't even started. I've listened to every season wrap-up we've done. Oh, OK. <laughs> I simply have another 160, 180-odd episodes to listen to. You basically just get the cliff notes, don't you? Be, yeah. be done with it. <laughs> I'm going to take the actor standpoint, you know. I never actually listen to myself. I simply like to put in my performance and then leave. Performance? That's what you call it, okay. Oh, that reminds me, today's Saturday, which means new orphan black. Well, tomorrow, effectively. You caught up now. <laughs> yeah, I have elected to drop Beauty and the Beast because yeah. it failed the test. If it sits on my DVR for more than a week, then clearly I haven't watched it by the time the next episode rolls around, so it's not worth watching. Unless I've actually been away for a few days. Too busy with other stuff sometimes. If I get to a show where, wow, I have six episodes there, I think long and hard before I start watching them and just usually delete them all. How was Orphan Black, though? I remember seeing previews for it and thought it was looking pretty interesting. The only slight issue I have with it is they're trying to do what appears to be dystopia in Canada. Sorry, that doesn't fly for me. Canada and dystopia aren't words that go well together for me. <laughs> Well, I'm sure there's parts of Canada that are equal to any rundown parts of the UK and or the States. Mm, possibly. It's just not an image that I have. But other than that, I am quite enjoying it. And it's an absolute dream for the actress, given the number of roles effectively playing while still playing one role. You're saying it's set in Canada. I got the impression that it was set 
like all over the world in the previews before they start showing the series. Different people that she's playing are from different parts of the planet. The show hasn't moved beyond basically one city. So apparently she said that once she gets into the clothing for a given role, it's how she puts herself into the mindset. And I have to say, I'm impressed with the matting and presumably extensive use of body doubles because it doesn't look too obvious that it's her. Hi everyone, I'm Shannon and I'm here with my sister, Susie. And together we are the hosts of Hexed Sisterhood of the Supernatural. We are podcasting our way through Supernatural TV from a paranormal perspective. From our standby sibling staple of Supernatural. To the trysts of true blood. From high school drama and love triangles of Vampire Diaries. To the troubles of Haven. From sensuous succubus of Lost Girl. To the true adventures of Ryan of Paranormal State. We love it all and more. We always have something to watch. And something to talk about. So join us in our paranormal adventures over at hexpodcast.blogspot.com. Vampires, werewolves, succubi, fairy folk, ghosts, spirits, and magic. And the women and men who seek them out are all welcome. We'll see you through the audio veil. All Supernatural TV. All the time. Anyone else watch even one episode of Hemlock Grove? No, not yet. No. Fair enough. It is very bizarre. I've seen one episode and I really have only a faint idea what the hell is going on. No, Cindy, that's not food. Oh, for God's sake. In some ways, a one-year-old cat is like a two-year-old child. You know, everything needs to be checked. Can I eat this? No. Just say the word. Open the iris. We have a news and a birthday segment this week. So we'll begin with the release of Stargate SG-1 Unleashed on the Android platform. By the time you hear this, the game should be out and available from the likes of the Amazon App Store. Congratulations to Jay Brazier, who has been nominated for a Jesse, thanks to his performance in The Secret Mask at the Presentation House Theatre. Finally, George State returns to the small screen in the third season of AMC's The Killing, premieres on Sunday the 2nd of June. We have some big Stargate birthdays for the upcoming week. Let's begin with Marina Baccarin, who celebrates on the 2nd. She was Adria in Stargate SG-1, as well as Inara in Firefly, Anna in V, and currently Jessica Brody in the acclaimed Homeland. Also in the second, Wayne Brady has a birthday. He was the first prime Teltac in It's Good to be King, but is best known for his talk show and game show presenting, which includes Let's Make a Deal. Another sparkler on the second is the one and only Jewel State, who was Dr. Jennifer Keller in 32 episodes of Stargate Atlantis, and Elia in the SGA episode Instinct. She also played Rachel Westbrook in the drama The LA Complex, and as mentioned, returns in the new season of The Killing. On the 5th of June, Sandy Sadow has her birthday. She has appeared in two episodes of Stargate Universe as Dr. Mehta, and as Pallavi Grewal in Primeval New World. Alan Scarf has his birthday on the 8th of June. He was Chancellor Druin in the Stargate Atlantis episode Poisoning the Well. And before that, Dr. Bradley in Seven Days, and Flavin in Andromeda. We'll wrap up this segment with birthday best wishes, also on the 8th, to Lexa Doig, who played Dr. Carolyn Lamb in Stargate SG-1, and the AI of the Andromeda Ascendant on Andromeda. She has also guest starred in the 4400, Arctic Air, and V, and stars in Continuum as Sonia Valentine, a role which is perhaps her most dynamic and action-orientated. That'll do for now. Let's return to Citizen Joe. Anyway, my line is cocked and I am paused at two seconds. I am paused at two seconds as well. It doesn't really matter what Mike is paused at because our seconds never match up. Well, they do at the start. 
Right, if we're good to go. Yep. Yeah. If we're three, if we're do, if we're hen. Becky. Fade out and fade in. He's been shopping yeah. in some flimsy looking bags. No bag for life. <laughs> uh, Johnson somewhere or other. It's about that whole Kinsey thing. Yeah, remember the name Johnson. Oh, yeah. mm. Big. Huge. Yeah, me neither. Oh, lots of vegetables. <laughs> yeah, that looks like a lot of hot sauce. No, it looks like a pick-a-mix six-pack. Is it? Eggs. I don't think that that actually qualifies as a recipe. Oh, don't kid yourself. There's a secret ingredient. I can't tell you what it is or I'd have to shoot you. It's beer, isn't it? Some knows him too well. <laughs> oh, dear. Let me call you back. I knew it. Yes. <laughs> oh, what you read to you on the phone. That's a, that's a wobbly gun. <laughs> Here's a better question. Who are you? I'm Quark. No, he's not. He looks like that's Homer. Homer J. Simpson. Yes. You ruined my life. Hank Azaria? No. Dan Castellana? Well yeah. done. I know it was one of the other. Anyway, go on. Yes, that was a short little introduction to the episode, wasn't it? Right then, Citizen Joe. Season 8, episode 15 of Stargate SG-1. The Gatecast episode 181. The story is by Rob C. Cooper. It was written by Damien Kindler and directed by Andy Makita. Got its world premiere in the UK January the 18th, 2005. The Australians got it February the 10th. The Americans February the 15th. Canadians May 11th. France July 22nd and the Germans November the 30th. Mm. I've included France and Germany because believe it or not, this is the only episode of any series that is called Citizen Joe. Mm -hmm. So I needed a little something to fill the gap like. I was thinking, oh, he he got more info than he normally does. Yeah, I was like, they didn't start watching this till this season? Weird. <laughs> well, everything in Germany is dope. Christopher Judge brought along his daughter, Chloe, for the first time to the set. Was she in the show? Oh, no. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, nice. Quaint. Yard sale? What, a garage sale, isn't it, they call it? Yeah. Or a rummage sale. We should have gotten here earlier when the real deals were still available. Honey, it's 7 a.m. Early. There's always a golf club. So start over there and see if you can find a lamp that would work in the TV room. Oh, my lord, look! They have those old English tea tins. Someone's buying second-hand shoes as well. The garage sale, there's rummage sale people. They're up at dawn to go start hitting the sales find some deal. Yeah. I have been to what I see as an English institution, which is a car boot sale. We so say that's it. We get everybody in the same place, make it convenient. That's an old comic book box in the back of that comic there. Ooh. Ah, shiny. Woohoo! Ah, the first clip of the clip show. That's a very young looking Michael Shanks. <laughs> uh, season one, uh, Within the Serpent's Grasp. With bad hair. And. We don't really see this wormhole effect much these days, do we? No, the whole IRA thing. Ooh, that's interesting. <laughs> the homeowner is played by Bruce Wallingen, who's a digital effects supervisor for the show. <laughs> Got a little cameo. How much? So, there's this fellow who walks into a bar... And he sees an ape sitting there. One wonders, did they choose a barber? Because I think the man who wasn't there was out around the same time. The film starring, was it Tommy Lee Jones? Black and white movie with uh, James Gandolfini as well, Coen Brothers. He says to the bartender, Hey, 
What's with that gorilla drinking that drink? Well, the bartender says, yeah. That ape usually orders a Coke. Deadly silence. Yeah, I'm not sure what you're talking about. The man who wasn't there, it featured, our total character was Barbara. Yeah, oh. I got it. I've never heard of it. No, yeah, i never heard of that film. Really? I thought you had familiarity with all the Coen brothers were. I, yeah, I thought I did too, but I've never heard of that one. Look it up, it's fun. <laughs> Are we about done here? All set. Because someone, somewhere out there, leads themselves a new car, whether they know it or not, you know what I mean? <laughs> I feel the power to sell moving through me today. Okay, this is an actual barber shop in the town of Ladna. The director, Andy Makita, when he drove down to the filming location, it was 6.30 in the morning, still dark, and he ended up getting lost. And another flashback. Bow down now. Show me your reverence for my son. Scara. Yes. The good old days of Stargate, this is. <laughs> when props were props and extras could be recast because the faces weren't shown. Yeah. Yeah. Apophis. I might stop picking up that stone. <laughs> so this town where this barbershop is somewhere in Colorado then, or Vancouver? Canadian town. Okay. I'm not really sure. Indiana, it's supposed to be. That's why I was wondering, cause they would have had to redress it then with all the Indiana Hoosiers. Yeah. Oh, we are reading the best book in book club this week. It's called The Heart of a Woman. It is such a powerful story. Oh, every time I think about it, I Wanna just... Want to hear a story? Oh, sure, dear. I'm sorry. What happened to you today at the shop? <laughs> That's it. The wifely. Tell me what happened. Ignore what I'm talking about. The sequence just uh, sometimes just refer to her as Joe's wife. Is she ever actually named? <laughs> Jolene Spencer is played by Deborah Thika, Canadian actress. She's been in Bones, Six Feet Under, and Entourage. Sixty-five episodes of Maniac Mansion as well. Never heard of that show. Nine minutes ago, Anne McCabe tweeted asking who the guest was. Yes, and I answered it. O'Neill, prepare yourself for them. Extreme deceleration. Nice. A small effect. Really pretty look for Saturn, yeah. Mm -hmm. You will get to see your home one last time. Before you and everyone on your planet are destroyed. And your kind will disturb the gold no more. Yes, because my console with cheap costume jewelry on it will destroy the planet. <laughs> so weren't they go at old again? The bad guys. Mascara character? Yeah. I thought you said his name was Chlorel. I, I know it's a little complicated. Just wait. I haven't gotten to the good part yet. Scara! At times, would they work wonders with the cheapest of props. Other times, not so much. Looks like cheap plastic. <laughs> yeah, it did. Mascara. I'm sorry. That's it? I think so. For now, anyways. What happens to Earth? I don't know. I mean, uh, I, I haven't figured that part out yet. Well, you gotta finish it, Dad. You can't just end the story in the middle. I tell you what. You get all your chores done, and I'll finish the story tomorrow. Chores? What are we, Amish? So they've used this episode as well to bring up all the complaints that various viewers have had over the years. This was a complaint? I liked this episode. <laughs> Not complaints, questions. Oh. You know, why is he calling in Clarell into your scar and mm -hmm. someone new to the show would actually be asking. So they, they use this as a clip show and as a, here we're going to catch up all the new viewers. It would probably make a very good episode for someone mm -hmm. new to the show. Yeah. 
Young Andy Spencer is played by Alex Ferris. He's been in uh, Eureka, Sanctuary, Smallville, and The L Word. He puts in an excellent performance in this show. He looks about eight. Don't get me wrong, it was exciting. It's just that personally, I like stories that are more about interpersonal relations and a little less to do with things blowing up. <laughs> things blowing up. Quite right. <laughs> because these are stories, as we know, these are from Jack. Yeah. Oh, yeah, these basically mission reports. And so naturally, it's people blowing up. So who's Fred? Fred is played by Eric Keen-Layside, another Canadian actor. He's been in Arctic Air, Fringe, Alcatraz, Supernatural. I see you bringing up Coen Brothers. He looks like someone that was in a Coen Brothers movie. He looks kind of like a John Turturro almost, just a little bit more fuller in the face. And let's not forget Francis McDormand, the Coen Brothers <laughs> examples of nepotism. <laughs> Go out. Never mind. The bad guys. You said they got snakes in their heads? Symbiotes, yes. And what about the fellas with the ones in their bellies? They're different. They're called Jaffa. They incubate the symbiotes until they're ready for implantation. Now, you see, Joe, that's confusing. <laughs> I imagine writers have probably had this discussion, either amongst themselves or with producers. The end. You call them the snake people. Yeah, the snake people's good. Yeah. They're not called the snake people. They're called the Goa'uld. And the Jaffa aren't bad guys. They're enslaved warriors who mistakenly believe that the Goa'uld are their gods. And it's not confusing, it's complex. Really wish you wouldn't wave that razor blade around yeah. so much. <laughs> Literally razor sharp blade. Yeah. <laughs> there we go, he's noticed it. <laughs> Too close to shave. Boss crazy. Yeah, not really going to get far ringing up the US. Uh, hi, I'm trying to reach one of your officers. A Colonel Jack O'Neill, two L's. Two L's. Your name, please, and the nature of your call. My name? Yeah, it's got to get it right. Uh, name, location. Right, right, of course. Uh, my name is Joe Smith. Uh, listen, I realize Colonel O'Neill is probably unavailable, off on some important mission somewhere, but I know this is an odd request. I mean, I don't know if you know Colonel O'Neill personally, but could you describe him to me? Can you describe me? <laughs> Shoe size, sense of humor, that sort of thing. <laughs> sense of humor? Who's he on the phone to? Is that Walter? I can't hear it. You're ringing up the U.S. Air Force. He's not got. He hasn't got the number for Cheyenne Mountain. Am I understanding correctly that there really is a Colonel Jack O'Neill in the Air Force? Is there a message you would like to leave for him, sir? That's fine. Thank you. Whoever he gets in the Air Force answer line is going to know who Colonel O'Neill is. Yeah, the U.S. military isn't that big. You know, they all know everybody. Oh wait. So, in the end, Ryak was freed from Apophis's control. Riveting stuff, isn't it, lad? Tilk, Dreyak, and Ryak were once again a family. But Tilk is still going back to Stargate Command to fight for the freedom of the Jaffa. Yes, of course. He's going to take Dreyak and Ryak to a place where they'll be safe. So they go out old and put any more bombs in Ryak's teeth? That's right. Now, go to sleep. <laughs> How could a father and a husband abandon his wife and child? What else happened to the Jaffa, Daddy? <laughs> <laughs> See, at this point, they're not bored with it. Nope. Keep going. <laughs> well, it hasn't gone on for eight seasons yet, no? No. He's watching basketball. Yeah. This set used to belong to Dead Like Me, one of the standing sets at the Bridge Studios. Hmm. They didn't have any money to build new stuff, so they went uh, rummaging. Well, they used the, the Waffle House from Dead Like Me for the Afterlife seasons with Michael Shanks. Yeah. I haven't seen that. Why are you looking at me like that? I think you've gotten in touch with your dormant creativity. Accessed your wellspring of imagination. What? 
I've read about this happening to other people. You're opening yourself up to your inner muse. My inner muse? It's your midlife crisis. It is? Look at that, a wife's turned off the uh, sports programming. Mm. I think in Indiana that's grounds for divorce, turning off the, the Hoosiers. <laughs> I think living in Indiana is probably grounds for divorce. It would be for me, yeah. Is that a college team then, or are they a state team or something? I think it's a college team, but I'm not a basketball person. Pretty sure it's college. Because, yeah, it's, it's Indiana University Hoosiers. Right. It's a college team. She's giving him too much credit here. She's actually drawn the back, aren't they? Quite proud of him at this yeah. age. <laughs> Foolish woman. Oof. What? What's he doing to him? Yeah. <laughs> Did he get stuck in a wind tunnel? <laughs> <laughs> would, would say, like, gel with this. Well, it's sort of like me to hit that with a piece of plastic and watch the comb shatter. That always looks painful when Jack comes through that wormhole. I think Barbara Joe starts off by sticking his customer's fingers in an electric socket before he sets it down. Well, frankly, the problem is I think Barbara Joe is jealous because, I mean, how much torturous is it for you when you're bald and you have to cut other people's hair all day? <laughs> I don't know what the phrase is from. Never trust a bald barber. <laughs> he has no respect for your hair. I show you the same respect for your hair that I show for my own. <laughs> I really liked this episode, The Fifth Race. It's right up there, one of my favourites. For the mythology. Mm. It opened up so much stuff for the later seasons, too. And we might not be ready for a lot of this stuff, but we're doing the best we can. The music's brilliant. It's a pity they hadn't affected the uh, puppetry at that yeah. stage. Still looks great. For cable TV, it was pretty good, though. It looks a bit slimy, actually. Well, perhaps he's ready for a new body. Yeah, because that's an image that's actually your ID image on Skype. You have already taken the first steps towards becoming the fifth race. Still can't figure out why the build's so big, though. Maybe they're claustrophobic. Well, what about the furlings? Are we ever going to hear about them? Oh, of course. I'm sure we'll we'll hear lots of stories about them. <laughs> what about the furling? <laughs> Bert Simmons is inquisitive employee, played by Louis Chirello. He's an American actor. He's been on CSI, the 4400, True Calling and Andromeda. He's done a lot of voice work. The old fellow with way too much blonde hell he's in his hair? No, the older one. Yeah. The other one's trying to be Dougie Hauser. Mm. Andy, finish up or you're going to miss your bus, sweetie. Still happy families. And I want that lawn done today, mister. It looks like a wheat field's growing in our backyard. That's a good one. I promise. Son? You get that lawn finished, and I'll tell you all about the Ritu. Cool! In the commentary, which is Andy Makita and Demi Kindler, that said how difficult it was to film in this room. The camera set up is in the small hallway through that door, which you can see. Foothold situation at the SGC. Joe, don't take this the wrong way, but maybe you should cut back on the storytelling a bit. <laughs> Watch it, she's got a banana. Oh, dear. <laughs> Man killed by banana. People? What people? Not everyone wants to hear about Jack O'Neill and SG-1 every time they come in for a haircut. They like hearing my stories. Maybe they're just being polite, dear. And it's not just at the shop. Sam at the drugstore said you talk his ear off every time you're there, and Marjorie at the bank, and Lenny at the gas station. Charlene, you were the one who told me to follow my muse. Now you want me to stop? What if you write them down? You mean like a writer? Put them on paper. You can have them there in the shop like the magazines. That way, if people want to read them, they can. Ah. <laughs> Duh. Hmm. You would have thought he would have been writing these down yeah. right from the word go. 
Yeah. That's one of the problems with employees. You're never quite sure if they approve or they approve him because you pay them. Yeah. Hey, why does she have a plate of cookies just sitting out on the counter behind her? Maybe they're cooling. <laughs> they're stacked one on top of each other in a pyramid. You don't cool cookies that way. He goes to bed with a rock. <laughs> <laughs> that means he won't be going to bed with her too much longer. <laughs> no. Well, he is sort of gently... Remind me again why Jack was wearing that stupid headgear. This is 1969 and uh, they were hippies. I never got the reason for Jack's little do-rag. Unless it's just to cover up grey hair. Once you put it on, you think, oh, comfy. Why take it off? The strange foursome hardly seemed like Soviet spies. Honey, <clears throat> it's three in the morning. Come to bed. Just let me finish the story. Bracket typing, bracket. <laughs> They had a little bit of trouble trying to find a, a laptop of the vintage. <laughs> I imagine at that time that would be an expensive piece of kit. Yep. Yeah. In a minute. The uh, haircutting business must be pretty profitable. He loses his business, though, and everything because of all this, doesn't he? Eventually. Well, I think he regained something. Well, <laughs> I'd won an awful lot of money for selling that stone to the US Air Force. Mm. Awful lot of money. But, I mean, I, I think this is part of the where the business is going down because, A, he's losing customers from telling the stories all the time, yeah. and, then B, he's using what little money he does have to buy the, the laptop, which probably ran him two or $3,000 at that time, easily. Do you think she was with child? A hundred days? <laughs> That's a question. question that we've all been asking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that Cindy, played by Beatrice Zelinga, and a fella crying as well. That bit of crying is going to get him laid tonight. <laughs> Who would want to be a postman after wear shorts? Morning, boys. Hey, Galvin. Joe, uh, looks like you got some letters from those magazines in New York. Yeah, rejection, 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 rejection. I know writers who use the wallpaper of their uh, writing studio with rejection letters. Yeah, you uh, get a lot of them. The postman is Andy Thompson. He went to his audition dressed as a postman. <laughs> you got to admire that, complete with shorts and knee-length socks. Yeah. It wasn't one of your best. They rejected Hathor? Oh, but it was gold. They rejected Hathor. Yes. Well, yeah. everyone rejects Hathor eventually. <laughs> That's a pretty good episode. Three years ago. Same laptop, though. Dad, I'm writing. Seriously, Dad. you got to see this. Wow, he's growing up quick. Did you hear that? Yeah. Oh, I heard that. Ow! <laughs> what? He's put a bit of weight on Oh, Wormhole Extreme, nice. That's an awesome soda. <laughs> Excellent heroes, and that's actually spelled X hyphen cellent. One of Deloise Brothers. <laughs> and that's Andy Makita getting headbutted, the director. Mm-hmm. Older Andy is played by Mark Hansen. According to IMDb, only episode of any television series he acted on. Hmm. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, I'm shocked. I wonder if Joe felt any better when Jack finally told him Wormhole Extreme was Martin's idea. Wormhole Extreme, coming this fall. They stole my idea. Uh, Halloween, I assume. Gotta be a listen. Hey, whatever happened to that lawsuit you guys had against... Uh, what was that show called? Wormhole Extreme? Nah, it was cancelled only after one episode. Bad ratings. It is vanishing all over the place. Except for the young lad who doesn't appear to be uh, growing older at all. Nope. No. Even though, effectively, uh, i got to say, they haven't really aged the son right, because it started off as, what, seven years ago, and then it went to three years ago, and he grew a lot more than four years in the intervening time. <laughs> more the young lad. He looked like he grew ten years, not four. 
Yeah, it's laying there on the couch with the bag of chips. He looked like he was 16, 17. <laughs> yeah, 16, 17, not like 12. Yeah. Poor Gordy. Looks like he's aged one day. <laughs> Still just sweeping up hair. He's not even allowed to do anything yet. Look, no offense, but how many times can these folks save the world from Apophis? What's it up to now? Five, six times? This story's about Anubis. Apophis is dead. What's the diff? You know what I'm saying? It's getting a little repetitive. Gordy Lowe. He's played by Chad Krauchuk. He's also been in an episode of Stargate Universe and uh, Psych, Smallville, and Supernatural. The character's name is Gordy Lowe? Yeah. So it's a hockey nod. Is it? I think that's one of the big hockey players. I think Michael Shanks is playing him in a movie. And that's Jordy Howe. Howe, okay, there we go. Oh, don't worry, I'd never heard of him until Michael Shanks said he's, he was in the film. I only recognize the Michael Shanks announcement because that hockey player was also referenced in a Simpsons episode. Oh, yeah. I think Bart cuts his picture out of a, a biography on him to, oh, right. to hook his teacher up through a lonely heart thing or whatever. <laughs> Joe, you closed the shop early three times this week to come home and write. I closed the shop because business has been slow. And you don't see the connection. Don't worry, once I get a few stories published, land an agent, things will get better. Yes, Joe's looking a bit worse away now. Tell me I'm not in this. Sorry, my gym posted a video which I might actually be in. Well, you don't really have to watch it now, you know. I'm scared. <laughs> you only need one yes. One yes. <laughs> yeah, he's right. That's quite the stack of refusals, though. They work for you. What else are they going to say? You haven't even read them all. I read Holiday, The Light, The Sentinel. Okay, I admit those may have been a few small missteps, but on the whole, they're getting better, aren't they? I don't know. Well, what do you think the problem is? Tell me. Maybe I can fix it. Well, for one, it seems to me like the team interaction isn't what it used to be in the beginning. You hate them all? No, I don't. I hate what this is doing to you. Yeah, this isn't a reference to addiction at all, is it? <laughs> How can this really be more important than your livelihood? Than your family? She mentioned three episodes that she didn't like. Sentinel, Holiday and The Light. Which ones are those? Holiday is when Michael Shanks changes body with... Oh, with that Palo? Malachi, not Malachi. The light is when they go to that planet with that holograph. The name you're searching for there was Michello. Michello, thank you. And Sentinel is when they go to a planet with the... Put it this way, they're not regarded as brilliant episodes. <laughs> I always liked the Michello episode, though. I thought that was a pretty good one. I can't explain it. Somehow, I think, it allows me to see these incredible things. That you believe are really happening. Yes, here, try it. It was a bad if you were making money from writing. Joe. Did you take it? Charlene? What'd you do with it? Charlene? What have you done with my stone? It was for your own good. <laughs> That's what a teenager likes to see. His parents go nuts. Yeah. <laughs> I knew it all along. Joe, please. You need help. Son, if you know where it is, just tell me. I'm not mad. I just need my stone. Mom? You leave him out of this. Joe, please. You're scaring us. Huh. Normally it takes me five minutes to find a flashlight. He grabbed one straight away. This scene was actually filmed at sunset just to get the right light. As you can imagine, it took one hell of a lot of preparation. And look... The scene actually began to be filmed during bright sunlight, and when the sun set, it dropped like a proverbial stone. 
Andy Wilson, the DP for this episode, was uh, kind of freaking out, but the director knows best, you don't argue with the director. It was actually planned to be a longer scene, but <laughs> there was no light, so they weren't going to film at night. He's looking at padded rooms and men in white coats at this point. Yeah, he's about to be committed for 72 hours observation. Come on, there were tens of thousands of young ladies who were similar state of affairs. Yeah, but they weren't outside in their underwear with the garbage strewn about them. Perhaps the neighbour thought, Daniel, is that the name of his cat or dog or something? The design of that looked remarkably similar to a wheelchair. It did. Look at that. Is that a Mario uh, plushie there? A what? Was that a Mario plushie? Oh, I missed. Let's see if it comes back in shot again. There. No. Gentlemen. Slow day. What do you got, Calvin? Looks like a stack of bills and a couple more letters from those magazines. Where's the... You know, where's the picture of uh, that kid that's aging in an attic somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> I like the fact that the technology is moving on. He's, he's got himself a Walkman now. I don't think it's a Mario plush back there, but I can't tell what it was. Well, we've got a lot of Hoosier merchandise, so it looked red, didn't it? Red, yeah, it did. Red, yeah. I have no idea what their mascot is. <laughs> we regret to inform you that... Oh, dear. At least they're answering him now. Yeah. Joe, if you're so sure this is all real, then why don't you follow it up with more than just letters? He's... You could argue he's paranoid, but he's come to the... He believes in everything he's seen. <laughs> Think? Believe me, if the government didn't get me, an idea sure to. I've seen it happen. Do you remember Armin Selleck? And that is the question. Did the Dan NID take care of that reporter, or was it purely right. an accident? That was never clearly answered. There are no accidents. <laughs> well, look, uh, I gotta get back to my route now, uh... You guys take care. Thanks, Calvin. Yeah, I'm gonna go. Supposed to back out of the room, don't break eye contact. <laughs> <laughs> so eager to leave that he's actually left the letters. Yeah, normally it's not the uh, customer that goes postal, is <laughs> the postie. <laughs> oh, closed. Everything's going down the pan. Is it actually closed? Closed? I don't think the shop's closed, just closed for the day. Seems quite ugly. Hi, Jack. Ah, Abyss. Wow. That one was going one the other day. That was the niftiest idea for sci-fi prison I've seen in a job. <laughs> yeah. The great thing about it, even if you lose all, all the power, by default, you ain't going to get out of it. <laughs> now we get a cameo from Damien Kindler, the check shirt, very quick. Charlene's gone. It's a nice old craftsman-looking house. Charlene! Charlene, you won't believe it! Oh, that's where George's family lives in Dead Like Me. I just recognised the house finally. Yeah, it probably is, yeah. I still have a personal issue with a cute, sexy blonde called George. Yeah, it worked for me. I didn't care. It's my dad's name. <laughs> so, you know, juxtaposing the images in my head is difficult. I can see where maybe it would be harder. I don't need a shrink. <laughs> that room they were just in was George's little sister's room. Please! Come on! Honey! Come on, we can work things out! Charlene, look, our problems are small compared... She won't even reply to him, will she? Don't drive upset. Can we just talk this out? Goodbye, Joe. I'll call you later. Charlene! And watch the neighbour who's sweeping up the gravel. Because <laughs> he likes a nice, clean driveway. Mm -hmm. 
Why does he have gravel and everyone else has rectangle of grass that I've got? Kind of like the neighbor in every other TV show he's always out at the end of the driveway at the fence to talk to. There's nothing stopping him, though. He's still writing. Yeah, until the bank foreclosed on the bloody house. I have written you many letters and left countless messages for you with the Air Force, but I have yet to receive any kind of response from you. Because of this, I realize I have no choice but to take my life into my own hands and come clean with you. I know everything. Is that the back side of the shop or is that his house? Uh, I would say it's the house, judging by the, uh, the chairs. And then again, maybe not. The curtains there is why I was thinking it might be the back end of the shop. Yeah, could be then. You think it'd be more of a storeroom around the back, but obviously not. Awfully nice for the back of the store. Yeah, I thought it was his house. <laughs> could see moving into a little apartment like that with all the wood and everything. You just want to say wood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's been really slow around here, and I kind of dropped off an application at the Piggly Wiggly. Piggly Wiggly. I have no clue. It's a grocery store. Ah, right. Uh, one across the street from me right now, actually. Not all of the grocery stores have been shut down by the likes of Walmart. No, we still have Piggly Wiggly, A&P, Safeway, Pick and Save. So some other ones in my area. Sendix. Sendix sounds like uh, somewhere where you buy parts for a town there. No, Sendix is actually kind of a weird one. I went to one for the first time about a month ago. There was actually carpeting all over the store as I was pushing my cart around. Okay then, ladies, look away now. And I'm sure they got requests for this clip. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you're doing a clip show, you've got to include Fallen and a Naked Daniel. Mm -hmm. And the Star Wars scene. Oh, yeah. That's very Star Wars. (laughs) That's better than Star Wars, to be honest. (laughs) Oh, that's not something we need to see. No one needed to see that. Oh, Orpheus. Mm. Nice. That's a TV dinner. The TV dinner. Yeah. <laughs> Should at least be on your lap. Oh, evolution. <laughs> oh, yeah. Enrico. I like that other guy with the grenade. Yeah, I was kind of sad they didn't bring his character back for any other episode. Probably too busy in other stuff he was doing. Yeah, at the time in the commentary they said they were planning on bringing him back, but it never never came to fruition because he did get a regular series. He was on Veronica Mars. And then uh, was it Flashpoint. And then depression set in. Bonus points for anybody who can name the film that quote comes from. Okay then, it's not exactly woodland, but there are trees. Some things never change. Thanks for seeing me. You look great. Yes, I got rid of the man. Bring the same jacket. <laughs> Basically, he called 120 pounds of dead weight. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm dating a 20-year-old. Life's never been better. <laughs> I think I did a 23-year-old after my divorce. <laughs> I did a 23-year-old in 2009. Just let me finish. I I was too wrapped up in the stories to realize what was important. I promise I will focus on rebuilding my business, on providing for my family, if you'll give me another chance. It was never about the money, Joe. But money might have helped matters. <laughs> and I owe you both an explanation. That's why I brought you proof that my visions are real. It was going so well. Kinsey! <laughs> But I swear, I saw this image in my mind long before it was in the paper. The question was asked, where did he get a picture of that quality from, not a newspaper print? Um, could have taken it off a TV screen or something, maybe. You're taking a picture of a TV screen paused? Hmm. Not buying it. It happened the same time Anubis's ship crashed into the Pacific Ocean. It just means that you're using real people and events 
and incorporating them in your fantasies. They're not fantasies. Jack O'Neill is head of Stargate Command. There is no Stargate Command. I disagree with the subtitles there. Stargate Command. Listen to me. I've been talking to several doctors about your symptoms. Oh, dear. <laughs> you nutbag, get away. Yeah, you're delusional. <laughs> At least she cares. She hasn't just abandoned him. So, Joe... You need to go over behind the dugout there and buy the pills that man is selling, and it should help you. They're fighting in Antarctica. Grandiose delusion, so basically you're Kinsey. <laughs> that didn't look crazy at all, Joe. I wonder if this time frame actually matches up then. Yeah. That's what he's implying, isn't it? Yeah, a year ago, and that was the end of season seven. Yeah. His name. While they're having this conversation in this nice park, men and aliens are dying by the hundreds. Yeah. That battle over the Antarctic was awesome. It was, yeah. It's happening, Charlene! You'll see! It's real! Ah, poor old Joe. Ah, old tail. Oh dear. Brothers Grim Movers? Yes, isn't that brilliant? <laughs> I don't think I noticed that before. I certainly didn't. So he's gonna go and live in the shop now? I would. Assuming he still holds a lease on it. Well, he can't be doing too bad if he can afford a taxi fare. Driver, take me to Jack O'Neill's house. Make it snappy, as the alligator said to the barman. <laughs> oh no, this doesn't look good. So how did he get Jack's address? And a gun. Yeah, and the fact that Jack owns that house would be public record. Okay, look, this obviously isn't your forte. So why don't you just put the gun down before you get hurt? Don't come any closer! Well, thanks to Gop, getting a gun is even easier. However, mine is. Oh, God. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're right. It's just a toy. Please don't shoot me. I'm not going to shoot you. Yeah. Mm. They confirmed there was a Jack O'Neill. Yeah. And, of course, seven years later, the Internet is much more useful as a research tool. They got nothing to do but listen to what you have to say. <laughs> like it when Jack's like, I'm not going to shoot you. <laughs> say that a lot in the show. No. <laughs> <laughs> At Cheyenne Mountain. You used to command SG-1, which is now led by Lieutenant Colonel Samantha Carter. You're going to talk different nice men in different colored coats now. Keep a poker face. Poker face. <laughs> You've had the entire repository of the ancient's knowledge downloaded into your brain. Twice. 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 <laughs> the Simpsons, fishing, Mary Steenburgen, the color Peridot, and you're a terrible ping pong player. <laughs> Yeah. Perhaps I will shoot you. My name is Joe Spencer. I'm a barber. I wonder if Jack thing for the Simpsons was the reason this man was the guest. It wouldn't surprise me. The Gawult? The Asgards? It's all real. Tell me it's real. I need to know. Well, first of all, Joe, I'm not a terrible ping pong player. I'm not a terrible... What? <laughs> of all those things, that's what he objects to. <laughs> Yeah, Dan kept going around, picking up walkie-talkies and doing the Homer voice into it. Cool. Burns as Goa'uld. Thank you. And don't worry, I won't say a word about your feelings for... Excellent. This is such an honour. I don't know how to thank you for all you've done. <laughs> there are not enough words. It's nice to meet you too. Joe Spencer. I was particularly impressed with the time you blew up that sun. Well, thank you. I had a bit of help. And as far as this whole Pete Shanahan thing goes... In the commentary, they said that Richard Dean Anderson was actually starstruck by having Dan on set, if you can imagine that. 
Richard Dean Anderson is a big Simpsons fan himself, then? He was behind all the Simpsons references. Gee, he's got the fixed glassy. This guy is not grin. Smile and nod, smile and nod, back away. Where's the tranquilizer? <laughs> <laughs> a lot of things they'd read about episodes they actually used. I mean, they even mentioned the gate world. <laughs> <laughs> I might shoot you, but I, I do I like do you. I do like the payoff in this. You really feel for this character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this little white balding guy. I too will die free. <laughs> Tioch was sort of thinking, will I rip his arm off and beat him with the soggy end? That clearly crossed his mind. Thank you. Oh, dear. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. What do you got there, Carter? Well, initial tests show that Joe possesses the same ancient gene as you do. I just want you to know. If you ever need me to use the chair device in Antarctica in defense of the planet, I'm there. Thank you. <laughs> he's human, and he's got the gene. I just like how Jack keeps on expecting, he's Joe, the barber, to really explain why he's there. <laughs> well, he buys it. It makes perfect sense to him. How come I'm the only one seeing these things? Yes. Good question. Pray tell. Unfortunately, our knowledge of ancient physiology is fairly limited. The only other thing we know is that Joe has somehow managed to gain access to huge amounts of classified information, mainly in regard to SG-1, and that these visions are somehow connected to the stone he found. Is he going to say about the hair? <laughs> didn't like the hair too much. He did say there was something familiar about it. You claim to receive these visions only within the proximity of the stone. Perhaps there's a connection between the stone and your genetic predispositions. I know the hair makes you look different, but didn't you used to be more gold-colored? <laughs> you can't answer that one either, can you? <laughs> Took me a while to track it down, but you have one too? I think they're a set. Jack, you remember P3R233, the planet where... Where you found the quantum mirror that sent you to an alternate reality where the Goa'uld invaded Earth. <laughs> Communication stones have become very important next season and Stargate Universe. I get one more instance of the show having a reference, letting it pay out in the future. Do you like Daniel's wig? Supposed to be Daniel, six years old. <laughs> Jack hasn't really changed that much. They might have darkened his hair a little. Hammond called a briefing. We got some intel back, indicating that Apophis might not be so dead as we thought. And he picks up the stone. Jack picks up everything. Yep. Of course he does, yeah. The props guys hate Jack because he tends to abuse them. <laughs> You've got to strategically leave something for him to pick up yeah. and ignore the rest. There was some sort of psychic connection. Now, Jack must have activated the link between the stones by picking up the second stone. Isn't Daniel clever? Oh, so very clever. <laughs> now, seeing as how uh, the stone was being stored in the base archives... But that doesn't explain how the other stone got to the... Where? Where was it? A garage sale. Yeah, a garage sale. What don't you for the things you'd expect Duke to say. Ah, there we go. But that still doesn't explain the proximity issue. I mean, if the stone General O'Neill touched was kept here, how was Joe able to see everything that happened to the General off-world? I'm thinking he was getting most of it from when Jack was writing us the reports right here on the base. The stone was being soared just a few levels above. That's why the stories were so easy to write. It was like someone else had done most of the work for me. And you say they all got rejected? <laughs> but of course. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's Jack's pride. Expression <laughs> on his face. So he didn't write with a narrative in mind, though, did he? So, Jack, something you want to tell us? <laughs> Would you listen to that? You can hear a pin drop. Come on, Jack. And we get all the little flashbacks of Joe's life. <laughs> Bowling. <laughs> Bowling league Thursday nights. <laughs> <laughs> all these years 
it does explain quite a bit about Jack, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> when he's had that vacant look on his face. Yeah. Sure I did. I know I did. No. No, you didn't, sir. I didn't. You didn't find that the least bit odd? Actually, no. I found it quite relaxing. Never thought to bring it up during security briefings or... <laughs> no. Oh, well. Yeah, you've just been unconscious with a concussion. How do you feel? Relaxing? Mm, okay. Seriously? Why not? Imagine coming back from a mission all shot up, going to sit down in your office and you spend the next half hour watching someone cut it here. Yeah, with as stressful as his real life is, I kind of see him enjoying the glimpses in Joe's life. Ah, uh, the black Jeep. No, it's GMT, not a Jeep. SUV is the correct term. Michael Greenberg's car. Charlene? Meet General Jack O'Neill of the United States Air Force. <laughs> I can touch him. And he's good looking. It's a pleasure to meet you, man. Yes. Hello. <laughs> I think we have some things to talk about. Yeah, I think women see RDA as good looking in that sort of grizzled Sean Connery way. Well, especially when he's standing there in the dress blues all straight and tall and everything. That's where them plant pots are in tapped out. Those pots being there are really weird. I don't think I've ever seen a park with pots next to benches. And the woman with the baby stroller was Thomasina Gibson, who's a sci-fi author. She was a small little cameo. And as per usual, they have all the names of the shows, the, the clips from, which would have saved me a lot of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I did know most of them this time around. <laughs> fair enough. Jeff mentioned standing tall. Jack is 1.87 metres or in old money, six foot one and a half. Right. Nickname Rick RDA, the human action man, our last hope. Okay. I don't think I've heard <laughs> the last two. He was exceptionally and amusingly snarky at Dragon Con. <laughs> oh yeah, you talk about people trying to leave his thing early. Ten minutes from the end, people tried to leave to start queuing. And he let out a whistle. I'm not done yet. Sit down. Well, I think we've seen over the past few weeks, a month or so, and that he's pretty much got his health back, and he's, uh, you know, doing the convention tours, the uh, interviews and whatnot. All right, a little bit of trivia. A remarkably good sushi restaurant opposite the barbershop in Lander. <laughs> they were commenting on how cheap it was, because it's right by the coast as well, so you get really fresh stuff. That's the only time I eat sushi, really, is when I'm near one of the coasts. Yeah. And the town of Ladner, they also film a lot of TV there. They've shot episodes of Smallville, Supernatural, and The Secret Circle. And a few movies as well. X-Men The Last Stand, to name one. Still haven't seen that one. I think I'm two movies behind on the X-Men at this point. Well, you can skip three. Really can. I was about to say the same thing. <laughs> seen X-Men 1, 2, and 3, I believe. You've missed Wolverine. The two you're missing are uh, Wolverine and First Class. Yeah. They are worth watching. And I have to say, the Wolverine Blu-ray, which I got quite cheaply, has more special features that even Mike could watch in a reasonable period of time. <laughs> Probably better than the movie. <laughs> I liked the movie. It was okay, but I expected a lot more. Oh, and I figured out why I probably don't know, hadn't heard about The Man Who Wasn't There. That came out 2001, and I didn't have TV at all, so I didn't learn about stuff. My wife and I, ex-wife now, were living out in county. The only TV we watched or could watch was watching DVDs or VHS tape. There was no reception whatsoever, and there was no internet. Next week we are doing SGA? Yep, the Brotherhood. Why then was I in SG1? Because you were wrong. Okay then folks, that was Citizen Joe. I hope you enjoyed it. Next week we are back in Atlantis for the Brotherhood. You may argue my pronunciation of this, but so be it. The Atlantis same travel to Dagon. 
a planet populated by a people whose ancestors once worshipped ZPM as a religious symbol. But even as the team searches for keys to its whereabouts, the Janai have learned of their activities on Dagon and planted a sleeper agent amongst them. Now, the Atlantis team closing in the location of the ZPM, the Janai close in on them. I have no memory at all of that episode. No. I liked that episode, I remember it. I can't say it's one of my favourites, because, you know, there's definitely a twist in it, and it has got one very notable guest star. It wasn't a great episode, but the idea that at least they showed at least once one of the artifacts of the ancients, not the ancients themselves, but one of the artifacts they left behind being worshipped and treated with a religious reverence. Yeah. I didn't think they did that enough with Pegasus Galaxy people. For those that don't know, Laura Minnell is also a guest star. She was recently in Alphas. I thought Alphas was cancelled. That's why I said recently. Who is she in Alphas? Character name, Alan. Oh, I haven't seen all of season two. Well, she was in season one as well. Was she one of the Alphas? Yeah, she was the one that could influence people through the mind. It's been a while since I've seen that episode of SGA, so I didn't realise that. You know me and names, Mike. Nina Thoreau in Alphas. Mm. Yeah. There you go, I can put out all that crap with your dad and just jump straight to that bit. <laughs> and then that makes me sound fantastic. <laughs> Good show. <laughs> Jack? Daniel? Are you you? Yeah, you. What? I like the yellow ones. Never mind. We have a little bit of feedback on the episode Before I Sleep. Pretty much a Brad segment, thanks to his Facebook comments and voicemail. On Facebook, he posted, Very good makeup on Tori, and a well-done plot. I replied, yes it was, excellent work by the makeup team who were nominated for a Gemini. Brad replied, and apart from the pilot, this is the first time we've seen living, breathing Asians. And well done to the wardrobe department. The Lantians' look is unique, and going off replica costume sales on eBay, loved by the fans worldwide. I replied, I'm sure fans appreciate the lack of fiddly bits in the outfit. Brad also sent us an audio recording, and as always, it's great to hear the fans' thoughts in their own voices. Hi guys, Brad here from Victoria, Australia. My thoughts on SG-1, episode 15 of season 8, Citizen Joe. Sadly, the last clip show of SG-1, a bit sad. Some of them were pretty good. Love the plot of this one. It's through the eyes of a fan. We cry with Joe, we laugh with Joe. We see how fans are sometimes isolated from society and can be pretty compulsive. Dan Castellanella, guest star in this episode, plays the role perfectly as a fan and as a barber. He's watched all these episodes like us, so he really puts his feelings behind his acting. Not the strongest plot, Considering we'd had no reference from Jack throughout the series, even though they wouldn't have had the idea of the episode back then, if they'd turned around and said that Jack had started liking The Simpsons from that early on, I reckon that would have blown the episode out of the water. We don't see him take any interest in bowling or barbering. Yeah, they could have done a really good Simpsons reference there. But all in all, a nice little cost-effective episode for the end of the season. So that was my thoughts on Citizen Joe, and I'll talk to you next time. Bye. Thanks for that, Brad. I did not know this was the last clip show. Hmm. I don't know if I'm disappointed or relieved. (laughs) Oh well. If you want to leave us some feedback, we would really appreciate it. You can email us, including an audio message, using gatecastpodcast at gmail.com. And we have groups and pages on both Facebook and Google+. You can search for us using the generic Stargate, or more specifically Gatecast. 
We are also on iTunes and Stitcher Internet Radio under Gatecast. And we simply swoon when we get an iTunes rating and review. They help the show get promotion on that service. Twitter seems to be popular. And you can find us at the Gatecast, which is one word. And finally, there is our main website, gatecast.co.uk, which has a variety of contact and links for keeping our Stargate family all together. Right then, I hope you join us for the Brotherhood. Until then, I'm Mike. I'm Alan. I'm Jeff. Take care, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. You've been listening to The Gatecast, hosted by Alan and Mike. Join us at gatecast.co.uk. Stargate forever. Bye.